On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchando. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to Second Shot, and today is a Second Shot sit-down. You know, the idea behind all of this is that we talk to people from all walks of life to find out, you know, how they've gotten a second shot at life and kind of, you know, hopefully get some insight for the rest of us to learn something motivational, inspirational, or even just something fun in the middle of this pandemic. And I am so excited about today's guest. She is Dee Dee McGuire, host of Dee Dee in the Morning, which by the way, it's based here in the Dallas area where I am, but it is nationally syndicated to 45 cities across the country. Hello, Dee Dee. Well, hello, hello, I'm here. Oh my gosh, and I know this is making for a long day for you. We both do morning shows, <laughs> but but here we are. Thank you for extending it. And uh, we were just talking before, I was saying, you know, the last time I saw you, I think was, was pre-pandemic. One of the last events we went to was this amazing fashion show. And at the time I said, we've got to have her in for a second shot to talk about the foundation. But before that, I want to find out, like, how d how does someone get to the spot you're in? Where did this all start with radio? Did did you find it, or did it find you? You know, I think it found me. To be honest with you, I really, I think it found me. And and the reason why I say that is because I started out. I was um, going to school at our local community college, and um, that was my second chance, by the way, another second chance. And um, and so what I did was I was working at a country radio station as the receptionist, and um, the the afternoon radio uh, DJ he called me in and he started talking to me on the air. And so the owner's wife of the radio station heard it and she said, "Oh my gosh, we got to train her to be on the radio." She's got a great personality and we like her voice. And that was it. And it was a country radio station. That I like have goosebumps over that story. That is crazy. I thought for sure you were going to say, oh, Jenny, I always knew I wanted to do this. And I, you know, knocked down those doors. And so was this, okay, was the receptionist job something you were just kind of doing to make a little money here and there? Or were you really interested in the business? Well, truthfully, um, Jenny, I wanted to do what you're doing. I wanted to be a news anchor. <laughs> you're having more fun doing what you're doing. Trust me. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> And I've heard a lot of, honestly, that was the other reason why I got into it was because somebody had said to me, I was, I'm very silly. I am really, really one of the silliest people you'll meet. I like to laugh. I like to have a lot of fun. And they said, you know, if you were going to do straight news anchoring, they said, you're going to laugh. They said, you're going to end up laughing. It's not a good fit for you. And they were like, don't do it. And so um, I, I ended up staying in radio. Well, and isn't it funny how sometimes people, the people from the outside in know what's better for us sometimes than what we know, and, and I will say after 15 years of doing very, very serious hard news, now the show I'm doing is more light, and it's just like, <gasps> finally, I, I can be myself. Isn't there something about when, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you are very yourself on the radio. Yeah, I am. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I mean, come on, Jenny, it's the way you are in front of a camera, and I'm not really great in front of a camera. Like, I, you know, I get nervous sometimes when I'm in front of the camera, right? And, but be, when I'm with that mic and there's nobody there, 
It's amazing. I love it. I love it. And how does one become, okay, so you, so you, go, you go from being the receptionist and the boss's wife, all praise the boss's wife for figuring that out. Then how did it go from there? Talk about kind of the evolution of your career because um, you've made it really far, you know, in this business. Yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm, I will tell you this. It's been, it's been a lot, and I've sacrificed a lot. A lot of people don't realize, you know, when you're doing radio, um, I started in Colleen Fort Hood area, and then I moved from Colleen Fort Hood to San Antonio for a year. I worked at a radio station there, and then I moved to Dallas for two years. Then I left at a radio station, and then I left that radio station, went to Chicago for two years. Do you know what I mean? Then I went to Philadelphia for three years. And a lot of times people don't realize the sacrifices that you end up making for your career. And I feel that I did. I, I sacrifice. I have no kids, by the way. And I'm not going to say that I'm sad about it necessarily every now and then it hits me. But, but the truth is I was so on this, I was so ambitious and I was on this, I've got to make it in and on that trajectory, I guess you can say, you know, and I was, I was focused and ambitious about that, that I let other things go to the wayside. It wasn't an important or that important to me at the time. And now I go, I look around, I go, I just have a puppy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a lot though. I mean, it's it's an all encompassing type of career. I mean, I, I relate to that as somebody who got married late and I remember thinking, you know, getting to kind of like my mid thirties and thinking, you know, I may not get to get married. I may not get the blessing of being able to get married because all I've done is like work. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I did end up getting married, but I kind of was like, is this, is this it? And I'm, Thankfully, I love my job, but it is, it's a sacrifice, right? You think about all the holidays and stuff, I'm sure you've spent working and. Oh my gosh, yes. I remember living in Philadelphia, doing um, a radio show from two to six in the afternoon. And my parents had flown up for, um, for Thanksgiving and I had to work. And you know, normally dinner is served around three or four o'clock, three o'clock really with my family. Yeah. And I was like, I'm on the air. And they had to wait until I got off at six, you know, drove home and then we we, we had uh, Thanksgiving dinner. And then nobody yeah. likes you because yeah. <laughs> this girl, we are done with her. Holding off Thanksgiving, we are starving. <laughs> Man. Okay, so I've got to figure out, you know, and in, in each industry, we talk to people about these different, you know, sort of life achievements that they've had. I would say that like, in broadcasting, being syndicated, that's sort of like dinging the bell. That is like the highest of the heights. How did that happen for you? Was that something that you had envisioned or, or did, was it again kind of it found you? Yeah, I vision, okay, I envisioned that. And here's the reason why. I was on a nationally syndicated show prior to this one. Mm -hmm. I was the co-host on a show that was heard in New York and Chicago, you know, and Houston and just like about 50 different cities or more. And I was the co-host of that show, The Doug Banks Show, and it, again, syndicated. So I knew what syndication was all about. And so again, you're talking to a person who's very ambitious, um, who, you know, my mother used to always tell me, when you set a goal, you have to set another one, right? And then another one, and then another one. She said, you don't rest, you just keep going. And um, being the co-host of that show, one day it hit me, I said, you know what? I've got more to achieve. I want to now have my own show and then that show becomes syndicated. And Jenny, I swear, this is so amazing. I was at a morning show boot camp in Atlanta about three years ago, maybe? Mm -hmm. Throughout three years ago. And um, I was on stage and I remember going and I said, 
I was hosting, I was on a panel, and I remember saying to myself, they're gonna know who I am here. I'm gonna leave my mark this year at this conference. Oh. And I made sure that I stood up, I talked, I was on panels, I was so involved that year. And I got finished um, asking a question at somebody else's panel, and a guy walked up to me and he said, what's your name? You are exactly what we're looking oh. for. We're looking for you, we, we, we're looking, we wanna syndicate you. And I said, well, you better get in line. Ah! Okay, and did you really feel that? Or was that just a line? Well, kind of both. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bluff and a, a line and it was a whatever. But, but I also had put together, I, I believe in vision boards and I put a Same. vision board together. Yeah. And I have it right now, I can show you where it says, I had my name and I had 500 radio stations and it had, what does uh, Rush Limbaugh and who else did they have? Somebody else, what do they have in common? They're all syndicated radio shows. Mm. Yep. And so you, put, so, so you put it out there. And what that does for people too, for people who think this is silly, it reminds you every day, like I on the prize in a way, at least for me is, you know, it's the act of doing it. And then just like, it, our, mine's in the laundry room, sadly. <laughs> That's where I go oh, often. No. Yeah. <laughs> I got a three-year-old, so, you know, I'm always laundry. So it just kind of reminds of that. And it sounds like yeah. you went to the conference knowing, like, that I'm going to make my mark. I'm not going to just kind of sit in the back or be shy or be intimidated by the other people who are further along in the business. Exactly. And that's what it was. And honestly, and the, and the most honest thing is that was on a Friday. And I called my lawyer, my agent, and I said, hey, listen, um, this guy walked up to me and he wants to syndicate. Can you see how legitimate it is? And he said, okay. And he calls me back on Saturday. And he said, I spoke to them. They're very legitimate. They're going to listen to your show on Monday. <gasps> and I said, okay. And as soon as I get off the air on Monday, he says, you have a call with the president, the CEO of the company. They want to talk to you. And and he says they want to syndicate and i got on a, a conference call that on a tuesday so on a friday they walk up to me and say we want to syndicate by tuesday the guy says you're the one the truth of the matter is too honestly jenny i did have two other people interested in me honestly so you I, knew I, that you were elevating you were you were rising up through the ranks and that there was interest and there was what do you think brought about that um that confidence because there's got to have been a shift where all of a sudden at the same time three different people are kind of wanting the same thing. Was that in it, like, was there internal work or was this a coming of age kind of thing or just years under your belt? Uh, um, it was probably all the above. Honestly, I'm probably more strategic than most people know. And I think you have to be when we do what we do, right? Mm -hmm. And when you are, have a goal in mind. And like I said, my mom had always said, set a new one, set a new one. And so I, I was doing my nationally syndicated show, went from mornings after 10 years, and then they went to afternoons. And I was only on break for one year when K104 in Dallas called and they said, can you fill in for somebody, our news guy? And I said, sure. And their operations manager liked what I did so much that the producer called me that night. And he goes, they're going to offer you a job. And I said, well, I have one and, and I'm not interested in doing mornings anymore because guess what? This getting up at 345 a.m. <laughs> is not so, easy. So, right. And I go, I am so not interested. And the operations manager calls me in the next day and, and he slid something across my desk and I mean, his desk and he says, hey, here's the amount we'll pay you. And I said, I'll do it. I did two jobs for five years. So I would do a morning show in Dallas from six to 10. And then I would do an afternoon show from two to six that was heard on about 30 something other cities like Chicago and more. I would do that from two to six for five years. I did both shows. 
I did double duty. This is 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. Right. Yeah. Yes. This and is why they call her the hardest working woman in radio. But let me tell you why I did it, because I knew it was going to leverage. I was creating leverage. I was creating a name for myself. I was making sure that people saw me uh, in the industry. I ended up hiring a PR person. Uh, and the reason why I did that was I couldn't go out in, in the city that I was in, in certain cities. So I needed to be on TV or put me on the front of a magazine or whatever, because I, I didn't have I had just gotten married and I just couldn't go and do, you know, all of that. How did that go for a newlywed working six to six? That's one understanding spouse. Yeah, he really is. I've got, I got a really, I don't know how I got lucky because I'm the silliest and he's the most serious. This is the opposites attract. Yeah. Jenny, is your husband opposite of you? My husband's out of control. You, I mean, he's from the country, first of all. He, a friend of, a friend of his told him when we first started dating, she will never date you. And um, he said, why? He says, because your grammar stinks and she's a journalist, like it's done. So he just said, listen, I know that I'm country. I know my grammar stinks. I know I can't spell. Don't edit my text messages. And we went on happily ever after. But yeah, the opposites thing is a thing. Yes. Again, I'm silly. I'm crazy. I'm wild. And he is the, the business level headed guy who keeps me, you know, everybody calls him the DD whisperer. <laughs> Keep her calm. <laughs> I want to talk about the, uh, you know, let's let go back to college because here's the thing. I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of positive things and a lot of things that you've done. And gosh, it's like really inspiring how hard you've worked. But um, I, I like to be able to share with people that you can change, that you can evolve, that you can screw up and you can screw up really big and come back and just flourish. So you alluded to it when we were emailing. Um, what happened in college? How do you feel like you messed that opportunity up? Well, you know, um, I messed it up because, first of all, I thought my life was going to be over. I didn't know what I was going to do in life. I didn't know I would end up doing, you know, having what I have today, having a show or anything. Again, I went to school majoring in journalism. I went to Texas Women's University, and we had financial issues. My mom had just gone through a divorce my senior year of high school and with my stepfather, um, the youngest of five. Financially, it was just really, really difficult. I needed to get back home to be with my mom, you know, to help her out with paying bills and everything, of course. Um, and so I, I had to leave school and I really thought that that was it for me, right? That was number one. Um, and again, that's why I went back and I went to the local community college. The other thing is that, you know, when you start talking about second chances and stuff, my mom was the same exactly similar. My mom, um, was a teenage mother and eventually went back to school. And, you know, I was so proud of her, you know, after her divorce, she went back to school and did things. So that I realized then that you couldn't stop, you didn't stop, you didn't give up, and everybody had a second chance. Everybody yeah. had a second chance. I, I'm not glad that your mom had to go through that, but it's it's an example. So she showed you, look what I did. Yeah, and this was a woman who started having kids. You know, again, she was a teen mom, mm -hmm. um, had five kids by the time she was 23, 24. Oh. Think about that. Um, a single at one point, you know, my, my father passed away and then she, you know, so watching her struggle, but still every day get back up and keep going. That is the reason why I started the foundation as well, because I realized that 
you know, there's a lot of things that happen. We can all get derailed, you know what I mean, and interrupted in our education. There's a lot of people that happens too. But it doesn't mean that we give up on them. Have you ever noticed, Jenny, we always give people scholarships early on. You know, you're 15, 16, 18 years old or whatever, 18, we're going to give them a scholarship. But if they mess up one time while in college, no one ever gives them another chance ever That's again. That's so true. And, I, and when I think about the scholarship programs that I know of, when, you know, gals that I'm mentoring, people that I'm talking to, my younger brothers, it's always for that right out of high school person. I don't even know of a scholarship program, aside from what, what you're sharing with your foundation, is that, that kind of targets those people that are looking for that second shot, second chance. And, and not only are they looking for a second chance, but if we look deeper into it, you have to understand that there are so many single mothers, single parents in this country, right? And we we talk about wanting to, to, to help that child. We help that child when we help that mom and we get her to get a better paying job and, and give her life skills. And then maybe she moves into a better neighborhood. And, and normally, and I think I've looked at some of the research that when, when the mother is educated, generally the child will be educated as well. And so, it's a trickle down kind of effect in a way. You know what I mean? You're not only changing this woman's life, you're changing her children's future and lives, I think. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more, but I had, but I really, you know, I hadn't thought about it. So that's what your foundation does, right? I mean, so you're raising money and then, then putting it right back out into the community for these single parents. Exactly. And now with COVID that has hit, you know, we've seen that in, in people, you know, being let go on jobs and, and really struggling. We are now getting ready to shift it more into also helping families as well, because it really is the core of it is about helping that family and that those children that are in the home. So I would love to hear about the logistics in, in starting this foundation. You know, um, people probably think, ah, she's a name. She just you know, had, had people, she's got people, they just set it up, they do it for her. <laughs> I know enough to know that is not the case. So explain some of the behind the scenes work on, on how you actually got it going. So it's funny because um, I did a, a, a Women's History Month um, luncheon about four years ago and I didn't have the foundation. Um, and. And what I did was I ended up giving uh, raise funds for Dress for Success mm -hmm. and I raised funds for Girls Inc. It's always been about women. I've always been more of a, you know, women's champ. Sorry, guys. I love you. <laughs> but, you know, I was, you know, really raised by a very strong um, mother. Um, and I just looked around and saw it was needed. And I remember when everybody kept saying to me, Didi, you know, you could get more money if you have uh, your own foundation. This was after the first year of doing the luncheon. And I said, I don't, don't want to do a foundation. You know, it's a lot of work. I'm not quite sure. And then I said, I need to know that I was doing it for the right reason and that it felt something to me, that I felt something. And I remember saying, I'm, a, I'm going to pray about it. Mm -hmm. And whatever God puts on my heart, whatever comes, that's going to be it. And I kept praying and praying about it, like, what is it I'm supposed to do? Where is the need? How do we affect and evoke change that we're not even thinking about. And, and it just came to me, honestly, I'm for real. God answers. Yep. It's a it's yep. a sure thing. Are you able to talk about your faith and God throughout your, your broadcast career? Have you been able to freely talk about stuff like that on the radio, depending on the, you know, the type of show you're on? Um, we do. I, it's funny, but people don't understand, you know, when you're on radio and, and a morning radio show, like what, what we do, it, it really is, um, it really is a, a sitcom. Let me put it this way. Okay. Everybody has a role. Um, my role on the show isn't necessarily to talk about going to church. I have my co-host lady J we call her. She's, she's our church going girl. <laughs> now I don't talk about it. I make it seem like I'm the polar opposite. 
Because, Jenny, this is the thing people don't realize also about radio. And at one point, it was all based on voice. And so when you have two females or two men, you have to make sure each is distinct in who they are, right? And and so when I got on the show, I was all I was going to church. I know a lot about it. I go, you know, my grandmother raised in church. I'm Christian, you know, everything. Um, but when I saw that that role was filled, I don't talk about it as much. And I play like the church is going to burn down when I walk in because <laughs> I'm so silly and crazy. <laughs> Well, it's funny because, you know, that's just like an interesting insight, too. So it's a, like more real than a reality show, maybe. But you know where you can step in and sort of like let yourself out, I guess. Yeah, yeah. but I, I do. I have a, a strong faith. I'm very, very grateful, very blessed. I give thanks every day. My husband, that's why I married him, actually, is because he grew up in the church and, and I needed that. I knew that, you know, this is the guy that I need because that's where I'm going. You know what I mean? You know, as you, they always say this, you know, when you're you're younger, you, you kind of drift away from the church and then eventually you drift back. I know where I'm drifting towards and I needed a man who was going to be comfortable with that drift. <laughs> He's just there. He's going to drift with you, but maybe keep you on the straight and narrow. <laughs> right. Because Jenny, think about it. That is a big conflict in, in relationships, you know? I mean, we, we do things on our show called, you know, um, DD's DM and it. people will, uh, right? And they'll call, okay. I mean, they'll write letters and tell us what they're having issues. And one of the, you, you hear that a lot. There's a lot of issues between, you know, well, uh, I'm Christian and he's Jehovah Witness and, or, you know what I mean? Like you get the, the difference. He doesn't want to celebrate Christmas and I do, or yeah. It's hard. Um, back to the foundation, speaking of hard, you know, so you, you thought, okay, this is going to be really hard. I'm not sure. Okay, fine, I'm gonna go ahead and do it. It's on my heart. What was the process like? I know a lot of people probably feel, especially right now, some people have, you know, maybe they have a little more time on their hands. Maybe they're wanting to to get something going. What's that process like? Oh my gosh, it's a lot. And at the time when I was getting, um, when I was starting, I had a guy who was working with me, who was really a lot of help. But the main thing was, you know, um, we came up with the you know, Dean Warrior Foundation and we came up with them. I mean, I literally Googled, I'm a big Google person. like. I'm working on my podcast now and I have to make sure I have everything down and what is needed. <laughs> and I Googled the steps actually, and the name and, and trademarking the name and what we were gonna do and what was our mission. And and um, just, it's a lot. I can tell you, I had help with you know the, the guy that was helping me out, like an assistant. Yeah, he was wonderful yeah. to help me get some of those things done, but it is a, it's, a, it's a lot, but it's rewarding. And especially when Oh my gosh, I have a letter, a woman sent me a card and she said, thank you so much because of you, I was able to complete my education, right? Wow. She was like in her last year. And so a mom, a single mom of three. Mm -hmm. And she's like, thank you so, so much. And she sent me a nice little card and everything and said she was graduating this past May. Oh, wow, Congrats. shout out to right? her. That is, I mean, with three kids, I just like, cannot even imagine being a single mom and going to school and having the kids. So how is fundraising going right now? It's a tough, we've covered all kinds of, you know, nonprofits and fundraisers and stuff. How is it going right now? How can people support you if they'd like? Oh, please go to the Dede McGuire Foundation.org. D-E-D-E McGuire, M-C-G-U-I-R-E Foundation.org. And just donate, please, if you can. That would be so great. It would be so great. Dede, I have I don't keep it up. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. 
I said, I said, I don't keep a dime because as we talk about blessings, I have been very, very blessed. Mm -hmm. So uh, no, I don't keep a dime at all. <laughs> it goes all to the ladies. And that's actually really unique. Um, that, that really does set your organization apart. Dee Dee, thank you. We love you on the radio. I love getting to talk to you. I know our audience is going to love this. And just thank you for giving us a part of your day and we wish you blessings this week. Thank you, thank you so much. And when, hey, when I start my podcast, you gotta come on mine. I would love to, we'll dish Please. it all. And the show. Okay. <laughs> talk to you soon. All right, everybody, thank you so much. I hope that you love the combo with Dee Dee. Again, we will link up her foundation's website at secondshotpodcast.com. And a reminder, these segments air every Thursday morning, 10 to 11 a.m. on CW33.